Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Resilient Muslima podcast. Join me, Maryam Aslam, as we explore practical ways to merge personal development, the science of the mind, and Islamic principles to become our most resilient and confident selves. Now, let's get started with today's episode. Imagine waking up every morning with a heart full of joy, a smile that won't fade, and an unwavering sense of contentment. No matter what challenges life throws your way, you remain resilient, positive, and genuinely happy. Sounds impossible, doesn't it? Well, we as humans, we want lasting happiness. As in San, that's what we are always searching for. And in this episode, we're actually going to talk about how to achieve and maintain happiness from a psychological and Islamic perspective, no matter what circumstances and situations come your way. So first off, what is happiness? Happiness is an emotion. It's also a state of being. So you can either feel happy or you can be happy. Happiness for me has been a personal search for a very long time. You know, there was actually a point in my life where I don't even remember. I didn't even remember what it felt like to be happy anymore. And if someone asked me, you know, what is one thing that I wanted? It would be that I just wanted some kind of joy in my life, something to just bring me happiness. And I think a lot of it was because I always felt like my happiness was dependent on my situation. So if things were not going well, I automatically felt like, okay, well, I can't be happy because things are not going well. And so it was also dependent on, you know, the people around me and the things around me. And so it was an emotion for me that would come and go. And I, I didn't know how to keep it long term. So no matter how much I tried, you know, I would find myself quickly changing emotional states and I couldn't maintain my happiness for long. And at some point I couldn't even find happiness and in my childhood you know when I was growing up there was actually a lot of surviving in my family so we were in a constant state of fight or flight and so early on I learned that being happy was just a temporary state and if I were in that state for too long something bad was going to happen and so I memorized the pattern that as soon as something good happens in life something bad has to happen right away I also memorized from my teachers that you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if he loves you, he tests you. And so I felt like the only way I knew that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loved me was if I was in a state of difficulty. You know, if I ever got to a place where life felt a bit easy, I would I would panic and search for something to worry about because I thought life can never be easy because this dunya is a test. There is no pleasure here. All the pleasure is in the akhirah. And I didn't realize that I was actually training my brain to be afraid of happiness. I subconsciously began to run away from all the good in my life. I viewed everything as bad and I lived in a constant state of threat. And a couple years ago when life felt too difficult and what I felt like was a lot of challenges that were coming my way, I found myself never being happy, not even for a few moments. And so obviously I realized that that is not a way to live like to be in a constant state of unhappiness, I was like, this doesn't, this doesn't seem right. And so a lot of my life began to change when I found life coaching and I actually became a certified life coach. You know, I learned so much about human behavior and the mind and I went deep into learning about personal development. And for the first 25 years of my life, I honestly didn't even know that I could change my brain. I didn't know that it was a tool that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed us in San with and gave us control over it. I didn't know that the mind is actually what controlled everything, of course, after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's not to say that Islam is not what helped me change my life. It's not, you know, when I learned life coaching, then I was like, oh, now I understand things. No, I was learning Islam from a very young age and 
the, the problem was how I was being taught it. You know, I was really understanding that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will test you if he loves you. And that is what was sticking in my mind. And so, and I always thought that, oh, if I wasn't happy, then maybe I have low iman, low understanding of, of my faith. Like maybe my faith is not the best. And so it was a lot of shaming that I was, I felt like I was getting from, from my Islamic learnings at the time. And I felt like life coaching and learning about personal development made me learn it from a different angle, an angle from how is the mind constructed. And then tying that to Islam is what made me understand a lot more of how to be happy. And that's what I'm, you know, sharing in this, in this podcast, inshallah. So, okay, let me break it down real simple. Happiness is an emotion, right? Emotions are how our minds and bodies react to different things or situations. So they include how we feel inside, what happens in our bodies, and what we show on the outside. And so now the question is, where do these emotions come from? So where do emotions come from? I'm going to talk a little bit of science here, and that is because, you know, this podcast is a combination of psychology, Islam and personal development. So there will be a little bit science here and there, but I'll also make it very simple. So don't worry. So again, where do emotions come from? So emotions arrive from activations of specialized neuronal populations in several parts of the cerebral cortex. What is this cerebral cortex that I'm speaking of? That is actually the brain's outer covering, like its thinking cap, you know, which it, it's what helps us do things like think, see, talk and move. So very simple emotions come from our mind you know that's as simple as it can get emotions come from our mind so if we could control our mind then theoretically we could control our emotions and if we could control our emotions then we could control our happiness because after all happiness is an emotion right and so if emotions are coming from our mind and we can if we learn how to control our mind then bam we can control our emotions another thing that's important to remember is that thoughts cause emotions okay so Thoughts are what is on our mind, right? So we, when we say our mind controls our emotions, well, we have to go deeper into that. What is in our mind? A lot of our mind is thought, right? And thoughts are simply put, they're just sentences in our mind. So for example, let's say your mom had surgery done and the doctor comes out and tells you that the surgery went spectacular and your mom's going to do amazing. Then automatically you will start to feel an emotion of happiness. But if I tell you tomorrow your pet will f fall sick, um, unless you're afraid of animals, but even then an animal falling sick is generally not a positive thing. You will start to feel an emotion of sadness or worry. That's, that's natural for us to go through. And so our thoughts, they're the driving force behind our emotions. And that is the power of our mind. And your entire life, our entire life is based off of our thoughts. This is why if you've ever learned about personal development, a phrase that is often repeated is perception is everything. And your perception is just a collection of your thoughts. So how do we control our mind for it to give us thoughts that lead to the emotion of happiness? Very simply, all we have to do is think of what happiness is for us individually and then reinforce that thought in all situations as much as possible to rewire the brain to give thoughts that lead to the emotion of happiness. So the mind is a very powerful machine and it starts to get wired from the minute you're born into this world. And so it's important to remember that if you've thought of a certain way for X number of years, it won't change overnight. It's going to take deliberate action and time. But once you change your brain, your life will change too. So the first step, define happiness for yourself clearly. Ask yourself what will make you the most happy. And this is something that you have to think deep about. 
because I can give you the answer. I can give you the Islamic answers, but it really has to come, you know, for you. It has to be something that has a lot of meaning for you. But the simple Islamic answer is that happiness is pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's as simple as that. Now, for me, when I was going through life coaching and becoming certified, this was something that I did not find. I didn't find in the material because everything I was learning from was from non-Muslims. And so for them, happiness was different, you know, but for us Muslims, true happiness is pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because that is honestly the only reason we're even on this planet is to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is to worship Him, is to obey Him. That is our only mission on this earth, right? How we do it is where all of this comes in, where all of this learnings, teachings, and you know what we do day to day, that is the how we please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the what is always just pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, worshiping Him, and that's it. And so the best way i found to always be happy is to ask myself, in this moment, am I pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? In this moment, how can I please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That is the key that I have found. And so if I can answer yes to the question that, am I pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this moment? If the answer is yes, then I am happy. And the thought that I intentionally repeat to myself, because again, remember, the way you speak to yourself is how your brain is going to be wired. And so the thought that I am intentionally, consciously trying to repeat to myself is, Allah is pleased with me and that is all I need. Because if Allah is pleased with you, then what else do you really need? You know, the, the, I, I feel like there's nothing else that we really need then. And so that thought, if Allah is pleased with me, then that is all I need. That thought in of itself is what helps me feel true happiness. And I'm going to share a hadith here that I feel like will help us understand this more. Aisha radiallahu anha reported that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Whoever seeks the pleasure of Allah by the displeasure of people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will suffice him against the people. And whoever seeks the pleasure of people by the displeasure of Allah, Allah will entrust him to the people. And that is in At-Tirmidhi. So from this hadith, we can understand that whoever is seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make people drawn to him, will make people like him, will, will make people approve of that person, right? It might not feel like it in the moment, but eventually that is what happens, right? And so if we're seeking the pleasure of people, of things, of stuff like that, then we lose the displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we actually lose the people. We actually push away the people. We actually don't get anything then. And so the true happiness comes from seeking pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's it. If you're pleasing Allah, then you're golden, right? So if we can truly embody the fact that seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the ultimate purpose of our lives here on earth, then we can find happiness in every moment as long as we're doing that. And so I feel like that is a thought that have, that has helped me the most consistently to have the emotion of happiness. And so that was step one, which is just figure out what brings you happiness. Like what is the true purpose that you have? Like what brings you happiness? Answer that for yourself. That's step one. And then step two is once you have that answer, then frame it into a single thought. So the thought that I use is... Allah is pleased with me and that is all I need. That is the thought that I am using, right? And you can frame it the way you want. However, a thought resonates with you. Whatever thought brings you the most happiness, if that makes sense, okay? So that's 
step two. And the reason why that step is so critical is because the average mind has on average 60,000 thoughts per day. And 90% of those are repetitive. This means that every day, only around 10% of your thoughts are different than the previous day. Okay. And so having new thoughts actually takes a lot of a lot of deliberate action. It takes a lot of willpower, a lot of conscious effort, right? And it is simple. This whole, you know, everything I'm talking about here sounds simple, but to be honest, it's not that easy, right? Because we're creatures of habits. And so we are wired to repeat patterns that we have developed over the years. And so, you know, whatever thoughts we're having from the previous day, a lot of them are going to come into today. And so to have a new thought like this one, like the one I'm talking about right now, it does take effort. But the, the good news is that once you think a thought enough times, it becomes part of the 90% repetitive ones. And so eventually it'll, it'll go from the 10% of new thoughts into the 90% of repetitive. And when it gets to that point, then inshallah, it is much, much easier. Okay. So again, let's go back. Let's go through them again. Step one is answer the question of what makes you happy. Step two is frame that into a thought that you can repeat to yourself. Okay. And now step three is once you have the intentional thought that brings you happiness, write it down. You need to write down this, this thought because it might sound like you'll remember it. You know, the, the, the thought that I was saying is Allah is pleased with me and that is all I need. That thought sounds easy to remember, but I'm telling you when it like it, it, you have to be able to keep repeating it to yourself and it won't come to you naturally. So if you have it somewhere where you read it all the time, it will it will become a habit to read it. And then eventually it'll become part of the 90 percent repetitive thoughts. And so my suggestion would be to maybe write it down on your phone, maybe like as your background or maybe write it down on on a sticky note and put it on your fridge. Maybe stick it on your laptop, on your bathroom mirror, anywhere and everywhere that you can see it and read it. And it's easy for you to, you know, access. Now, some people may be thinking this sounds a little bit like woo woo, like repeating intentional thoughts to yourself. Well, guess what? This is actually another place that I can show you that Islam actually encourages us to do this. Okay. And so I'm going to share a hadith that I feel like really, really helps understand this. Abu Hurairah narrated that the Prophet said, whoever glorifies Allah by saying subhanallah after every salat 33 times and praises Allah by saying alhamdulillah 33 times and exalts Allah by saying Allahu Akbar 33 times, those are 99 in all and says to complete a hundred la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah lahu al-mulku wa lahu al-hamd wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir. This is reported by Muslim and this is a hadith about the dhikr that we're encouraged to do after every salat five times a day. And so if you really think about it, dhikr is just the act of repeating phrases. It is just repeating thoughts. The thought of subhanallah, the thought of alhamdulillah, the thought of Allahu Akbar. And so by repeating these thoughts a hundred times after every salah, five times, after every, you know, because there's five salahs in the day, you're, that, that's 500 thoughts. And so this on top of the salah that we pray, which again is just us saying a lot of phrases, a lot of thoughts, reciting Quran and and I'm not saying this in a way that like, oh, Quran is just is just phrases and thoughts. No, no, astaghfirullah. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that at the end of the day, a lot of Islam is remembrance, is re- repetition, consistency. And so a lot of, you know, the, the dhikr that we do is, it is thoughts. It is something that we are thinking because if you just do dhikr without thinking about it, 
then I don't see the, I, I genuinely don't see the benefit of it. If you're just going to say Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar without really thinking what does Allahu Akbar mean, then I feel like it's empty. Maybe you're getting hasanat for saying it, but I don't feel like it's really hitting your heart unless you really think about what is the dhikr that I am saying. Like, what is this? Like, what is the, the meaning of this? And so I feel like this is in a way proof that our thoughts really do matter and repetition of thoughts really matter because that is how your brain gets wired. And so if you say subhanAllah 33 times after every salah, you know, if you're saying it multiple times a day, then it is becoming a thought ingrained in your mind. It is something that you start to live by. It becomes part of the 90% repetitive thoughts. And, and, you know, they're good thoughts. You should be having them. You should be thinking about glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You should be thinking about praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You should be thinking about exalting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of that is so, so beneficial for us. And so this is why dhikr is a daily action and it's multiple times a day. So just like that, if you repeat an int intentional thought like Allah is pleased with me and that is all I need, then that is going to become a 90% repetitive thought in your mind and it'll bring you so much peace. Like when you're in some kind of struggle, when you're in some kind of hardship and you think to yourself, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with me right now and that is all I need. Then you will you will start to feel this sense of of contentment of the sense of happiness like okay i am happy right now because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased and so i am doing the right thing and this might sound a little bit like wow but i'm telling you this this really does work and so i really encourage you to you know try this out and so let's go over the three steps again step 1 is really answer the question what makes me happy step 2 is making that into a thought, a repetitive thought that you can do so short enough that you can keep repeating to yourself. And then step three is, you know, putting it somewhere, writing it down that you can keep reading it again and again. And so it can become a, a repetitive thought that comes, um, you know, in a way subconsciously to your brain. And so it's easier for you to bring that thought up. And so that is what I have for you today. And I really, really hope that, you know, this episode was helpful and it shed some light on some different perspectives. And inshallah, I hope to be doing this in, in all the future episodes. And so, yep, let me know if you if you like this episode, please subscribe and give me a rating, give me a review. That'd be awesome. And if you want to talk to me directly, you can always DM me on Instagram. My Instagram username is Mariam Aslam Official. I'd love to hear from you. And with that, I'll end the way I will end, inshallah, every time. Make sure to make da'a for someone you love today. May Allah grant you all afia. Barakallahu feekum. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.